from the land where everything is policed except crime. Good evening, all. It's your Brit Wanker Copper of the Day. I noted the other day that in Britain, a land where everything is policed except crime, the Derbyshire Constabulary has been dispatching drones to monitor lone dog walkers in wilderness areas of the Peak District National Park. The UK police have been given extraordinary powers, and as was entirely predictable, they're the last people they should ever have been entrusted with. For example, the useless over-remunerated Tosspot Brit plods are now reported to be visiting corner stores and informing the owners that only essential goods can be sold and Easter eggs do not count as essential. You can't make a totalitarian omelette without breaking a few Easter eggs. In Liverpool, the Merseyside police, acting on a tip-off from one of the Merseyside Stasi's informers, dispatched their finest to break up a live comedy performance at the Hot Water Club. The live performance was, in fact, a three-week-old video that the comedy club had posted on Facebook. All over Merseyside, citizens are being robbed, stabbed, teenage girls are being urinated on by grooming gangs or dangled off balconies, and they can't get a lone constable to take an interest. But the Liverpool coppers deployed what I count from the CCTV footage as at least 10 officers to break up a three-week-old Facebook video for an inspired blending of their totalitarian instincts with absolutely jaw-dropping moronic stupidity, the Merseyside police are the Mark Stein show's first Brit wanker coppers of the day. If you're turned in by your neighbours to the Corona Stasi, there is a get-out-of-jail-free card. Just claim that as you were non-essentially uh, strolling down the pavement, some guy in a face mask on the other side of the street yelled, Hey, you're a really unconvincing tranny. This is what the Metropolitan Police posted under the hashtag Stay Home, Save Lives. Because if you do break your house arrest, make sure someone triggers you out there in the great outdoors. Hate crime is when someone commits a crime against you because of your disability, gender, identity, race or sexual orientation, religion or any other actual or perceived difference. It doesn't just mean physical violence. Someone using offensive language towards you or harassing you because of who you are or who they think you are is also a crime. You might want to shrug it off if it happens to you, but if you tell us, we can investigate and stop it from getting worse for you or someone else. Even if you're not sure if it's a crime or not, you should report it so we can investigate. What did he say? Even if you're not sure it's a crime or not? If it's not a crime, so much the better, because in my cheery refrain... In Britain, everything is policed except crime, even in a crisis, especially in a crisis. Well done, Constable. In lieu of a UK wanker copper, let's have one of Her Majesty's Montreal wanker coppers, although that's certainly not how they like to think of themselves. 
Her Majesty's, I mean. I think they're oddly proud of being wankers. It's Melissa LeBlanc's birthday this weekend. Madame LeBlanc lives in Ahuntsic Park in Montreal and has not left her home for four weeks. Her groceries are left on her doorstep. It's not a great life. And so a few friends came round in their motor cars to serenade her from the street. Ten minutes later, officers from the SPVM, the Service de Police de la Ville de Montréal, knocked on Madame LeBlanc's door and informed her that she would be fined $1,546 for breaching social distance regulations. And furthermore, that if they had cause to come round again, she would face six months to a year in jail. Was it because those guys were singing in English? There's never been a better time for Perlen Quebecers to social distance from their Anglo chums, like, say, encouraging the Anglos to self-quarantine in Labrador. At any rate, a $1,546 fine for having Happy Birthday sung to you for 19 seconds. Bon anniversaire from our Montreal wanker coppers of the day. Bedfordshire always used to sound very cosy to me. I think it's because the word's got bed in it, so it sounds somewhere nice to go and be tucked up in. But its policemen are prime wankers. In this case, the central community team, which also sounds very cosy, until you realise it's a bit of classic Orwellianism. Um, The central community team of the Bedfordshire Police put out a tweet at the weekend warning the denizens of Bedfordshire not even to think of leaving their homes. Quote, if you think... If you think that by going for a picnic in a rural location, no one will find you, don't be surprised if an officer appears from the shadows. We are covering the whole county. Hashtag urban and rural. Hashtag stay home, save lives. That's not a mispronunciation, by the way. Hashtag stay home, save lives is spelt L-I-F-E-S rather than L-I-V-E-S. People who don't know the plural of life are now in charge of your singular life. Run that by me again. If you think that by going for a picnic in a rural location, no one will find you, don't be surprised if an officer appears from the shadows. And just to emphasise the threat... There are two elongated shadows of a policeman and a policewoman cast on an empty country lane. So the marketing department of the central community team has been a big part of this and has designed a classic Orwellian poster. You know, I seem to remember that there's a phrase for policemen who lurk in the shadows, unseen. What is it again? Oh, yes, secret police. 
My friends in England keep telling me they've never seen so many coppers since this lockdown began. Uh, when you're getting burgled in a leafy village, when you're getting stabbed on a London street, when you're getting urinated on by your grooming gang and doused in petrol while they dance around you with lit matches, there's never a constable around. But in the new united lockdown kingdom, if you go for a picnic on a bit of scrub in Bedfordshire, there's the manpower of ten squad cars lurking in the shadows. The central community team of Bedfordshire Police are your Brit wanker coppers of the day. Jump out of the hedgerow, lads. Pick up your trophy. Guys, you can't stay on the green. Can you all go home? Can you all go home, please? It's not a holiday. It's not a holiday, it's a lockdown. I believe that's the motto of the Metropolitan Police. It's on their helmets. The government has a lockdown in force. Can you please get off the green? Go home. Happy days and terrorising sunbathers is obviously far more agreeable work than solving the latest stabbing or putting a grooming gang out of business. But then Boris Johnson's Svengali, Dominic Cummings, decided to drive his four-year-old autistic son to stay with his grandparents, and various hack Anglican bishops promptly declared him the worst example of government officials since Pontius Pilate, and the media are baying for his blood. And while not up on all the details, what the British public seem to have taken away from the case is that if this bloke can leave the house and roam hither and yon, why can't they? It's obviously been a warm day. I've driven around a few parks, uh, spoken to people uh, who are in groups of three or more, um, and just sort of politely asked them what they're up to and, and what they're doing. Um, and the response I've got from quite a few people is, oh, well, lockdown's over now, isn't it? Um, why, why should we bother? But a good sort of half a dozen people I spoke to today when I've said to them, well, why, why do you say that? Why do you say lockdown is over? And they say, oh, well, government can do what they want. Um, and, and as a police officer, I, I don't know what to respond back to them. I don't know. <laughs> we, we don't speak for government. We, do, we just enforce the rules. Um, so I, and I don't yeah. know what the answer we're meant to give back is. Well, you could always try, have a nice day and enjoy your picnic. That's Scott, a policeman with the Met, calling into LBC, which I used to be on a long, long time ago. I think every Thursday or Friday morning, whatever it was, with Michael Parkinson. Happy days. But Scott is not happy. And he blames this Cummings bloke for queering his pitch. You're, you're saying that you absolutely have come across people that have used what has happened over the last weekend as an excuse not to follow the lockdown rules. There, there are three people who have said that to me today. There are, there are there's three separate groups of people who have said to me today, well, if Dominic Cummings can do what he wants, so I actually think two people specifically said him, one person said the government, by which I automatically assume he's talking about this, um, can do what they want then we should be able to too. So why are you bullying me, Mr. Officer? Is kind of along the lines of, of the conversations that I've had today. And, um, and it, it, I really don't know what to say back to them. I think it, it makes mm. it a really difficult response. Why are you bullying me, Mr. Officer? That indeed is the question of the last two months. And if it has taken till May for the public to start asking it, then better late than never. It's, it's makes our job a lot more difficult um, when, when we're being posed with these types of questions on what is already a really difficult mm. task of policing a, a sort of wishy-washy lockdown as we have it now. 
and a wishy-washy lockdown is no fun for coppers who like to berate you for standing in your garden or exercising insufficiently vigorously in the park. After two months of fining the citizens for such nonsense, Officer Scott is now wondering what it was all for. He's riddled with self-doubt. I've given people tickets for sitting in, in London parks on benches who are refusing to move on, who are breaking lockdown rules, um, which means they have to pay a fine, etc. I just don't see now how I, how I can go to bed tonight knowing that I've, I've made people pay fines for, for breaching lockdown if it just seems that if you're powerful and wealthy enough um, that you can do whatever you want. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I think it's um, it slightly makes a mockery of the whole thing, doesn't it? That's uh, Tom Swarbrick, the presenter. Dominic Cummings didn't make a mockery of the whole thing. It is a mockery. A mockery of English liberties. But that doesn't seem to bother anyone, least of all uh, Mr Swarbrick there. So if it takes Dominic Cummings to get the British public to tell Scott where to stick his wishy-washy lockdown, then God bless him. And if Scott really doesn't know how he can go to bed at night after fining people for sitting on park benches, well, he could always stay up, go out and try... Oh, what's the expression they used to use? Solving a crime. You know, we've had uh, Brit wanker coppers from, oh, the Metropolitan Police, the South Yorkshire Police, the Northamptonshire Police, the Derbyshire Police. And people say, uh, Bedfordshire Police, let's not forget them. And people say, oh, they're just isolated incidents. No, it's not. It's a total cultural failure. Too many coppers have interpreted this mass quarantine to mean the citizenry are prisoners and they're your warders. So here is our Brit wanker copper of the day from the Lancashire police. If anyone knows his name, please pass it along so that if I ever get to visit the UK again and he pulls me over for interviewing one of the sex-trafficked white slags, so-called, in his county that he doesn't give a toss about, I can urinate on his boots. This <coughs> Lancashire guy is what they call a bent copper threatening to fit someone up. And he's so cocksure about it, he doesn't seem to care that he's making his threat on camera and into a microphone. We're not going to bleep the F word here. Sir Robert Peel didn't speak to the public like that, and his sweaty porcine air in Lancashire shouldn't be doing it either. So when so-called public servants no longer know how to talk to the public, we want that on the record. If you want to fucking step to me and put foot in your chest and stuff like that, then fine, I'll lock you up. We'll I'll do that, shall we? Wrongs. I'll make something up. Public order. Screw up to a police officer. Do I do that? Who are they going to believe, me or you? Who are they going to believe, me or you? Actually, I think they will believe him because you're on tape bragging about how you'll make something up which uh, tends to diminish the credibility of any evidence you might give in court because your ease, your ease with the boast and the threat of perjury leads to the reasonable inference, officer, that you've done it before. But yes, a lot of judges are wankers too, so if that's not enough, maybe you can get this Lancashire policeman on not observing social distancing rules. Let's just rerun this bit again. Shut up. If you want to fucking step to me... So he says, are you threatening me? 
And at that point, the out-of-control porcine goon is the only one threatening, charging up to the guy, getting in his face barely six inches, rather than the mandatory six feet uh, of social distance, and exhaling his potentially fatal halitosis straight down the citizen's gullet. Lancashire's Chief Constable Andy Rhodes has apologised on behalf of the force and said he's going to launch an investigation, although there doesn't actually seem to be a lot to investigate here, does there, Chief Constable? So I ask again, where is the so-called Conservative government on this? Where is the Home Secretary? Boris says this corona thing is war. OK, fair enough, as I said on Friday, you win wars by sticking it to the enemy. Not your own side. Every day this dirty, rotten, perjury-threatening copper remains in the constabulary, shames England. What are you going to do about it, so-called Tories? And that's why Chief Constable Rhodes's as-yet-unnamed officer, presumably sitting at home today on full pay, is your Brit wanker copper of the day. Michael Segalov is a journalist. I don't know him, don't read him. He appears to be of the lefty persuasion. But he was out taking his state-approved daily exercise once a day in a London park when he saw a young lady being hustled away despite protesting her innocence and despite repeating over and over, I'm not resisting being roughly man-handled by the coppers. So he got out his cell phone camera to record the incident and followed the officers through to the edge of the park at which point Big Brother started barking at him through the loudspeakers of a police van. Hey, stop it, you're the Excuse me? Immediately, coppers swarmed around him and breaking all social distance rules informed him that as he had ceased exercising in order to record their activities, he was now obligated to go home because he did not have a valid reason for being outside his premises. He replied that he was a journalist. Uh, in fact, what he's doing is the right of any citizen. Uh, and so a cocksure sergeant, Gary Brown, officer number 3058, took charge. You are exercising or you go indoors. So I was exercising. Video me, look. Sergeant Gary Brown, yeah, yeah. 3058, go home. Can we just stay two meters? Go home. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. Go home. Go home. You get fined. Go home now. You're going to find me. Yes. Uh, I'm asking. I don't understand. I was walking past. I'm a journalist. I saw an incident. I don't care I want to make are. sure it was okay. Go home. I was. You're all very close You're to me. You're killing people. I'm not. Go I'm going for what? You're coming close to me. I'm trying to. I'm now surrounded okay, by five people. Off you go. Right, Goodbye. Three zero five eight. You, Gary Brown. Yeah, Bye. Goodbye. You're killing people, says Sergeant Brown, which would be a serious accusation if it weren't the sergeant and his constables breaching the two-metre rule and getting in Mr. Segalov's face uh, to exhale their tyrannous breath upon him. I love that loudspeaker, the anonymous Jobsworth in his government vehicle ordering the citizens around. Well, I was, I was walking away from you. To go back 
to what I was saying about the lockdown. We now have a nanny state where nanny is a psycho she-vixen in a steel-tipped basque. She can't do any of the nannying stuff, like get you your promised government benefits, but she can do all the police state stuff, uh, including, as we've seen in America, handcuffing fathers while playing in an empty park with their daughters and frog-marching away single moms. And meanwhile, the drones fly overhead, monitoring monitoring, monitoring. Soon they'll have a drone for every citizen, won't they? In Britain, the police reveal every day why they cannot be trusted with their extraordinary powers. Even though the strutting little tin pot tyrant on this tape well knows he has nothing to fear from any cell phone footage. Our Brit wanker copper of the day, Sergeant Gary Brown of the Metropolitan Police. That's a world-class violinist right there, Raphael Todes of the uh, Allegri Quartet. Uh, he's playing with his family and he's playing on a violin that's over 400 years old, made by Giovanni Paolo Maggini, who, uh, oh, what do you know, was one of over one million people to die in another pandemic, the Great Plague of Milan and surrounding areas from 1629 to 1631. And... Uh, that uh, violin of Signor Magini survived the Great Plague of Milan to wind up front and centre in the great pandemic of 2020. Raphael is playing it with his missus on the viola, his daughter on second violin, and his son on cello in their front garden in a quiet residential street in Bayswater, West London. Uh, they've been doing this since the lockdown began when a Neighbour asked if they could play something for a little old lady living alone in an upstairs flat. But the rest of the street seemed to appreciate it too, quite a lot actually. So they made it a regular event. Uh, I, I miss music, which has been totally killed by the lockdown. I'm not into 57 rockers and hippity hoppers in their man caves, Skyping in a, a mass self-isolated chorus of Imagine. Music is about playing together and responding and reacting to your co-players. So this Bayswater family is a rare moment of real music in a world bereft of it. So what did the Metropolitan Police do? Shut it down on the grounds that, like the Pied Piper of Hamlin, it might possibly be incentivizing people to leave their homes and follow in the direction of the beguiling strains. Unlike many of our Brit wanker coppers in this series, this plod understands that sending a squad car of officers to shut down a string quartet is faintly risible. But he does it anyway. So it's gathering outside and just keeps causing it to happen. Look, I know that yeah. I'm not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't enjoy this part of the job, but obviously it's going to keep causing the street to be gathering. It's, it's going to, I'm not, I'm not here to find you, don't worry, but I mean, it's going to result in, because the whole street can't be doing in lines. Look, I get what you're doing, it's lovely, it's good music. Yeah. I am sorry. Okay. But obviously it's going to keep causing the street to block. And so a small moment of beauty in an arid and cheerless land of lockdown dies. And notice that uh, nobody in the string quartet nor any of those listeners applauding uh, from 
around the street actually uh, intervened with the police and told them to take a hike. Their last piece of music was the Shostakovich Fourth String Quartet, which Mr. Toz explained by way of introduction, was written by the composer when he was out of favor with Stalin and feared arrest. So they started playing it on an English street, only to have it broken up not by Stalin's NKVD, but by Her Majesty's Constabulary, your Brit wanker coppers of the day, the String Quartet Special Branch of the Metropolitan Police. I didn't appreciate that the South Yorkshire coppers' enthusiasm for grooming extended beyond Muslim gang rape. When I wake up in the morning light I pull on my jeans and I feel all right I pull my blue jeans on 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 was a hit record for Lord David Dundas, younger brother of the fourth Marquess of Zetland, at the risk of offending Julie Birchall, who deplores the way the music biz has been entirely taken over by toffs. Lord David's enthusiasm for denim surely conveys a certain respectability upon this most basic garb. Alas, not in South Yorkshire. A headline from the Doncaster Free Press. South Yorkshire Police apologises over wrong kind of jeans for exercise message. Hmm, that's intriguing. Quote, South Yorkshire Police has apologised following an online backlash over a message which appeared to criticise someone for being out in jeans during the coronavirus lockdown. It started with a copper from Doncaster, South Yorkshire, Sergeant Michael Miles, uh, who wrote on the South Yorkshire Police Alerts Twitter feed, quote, Tonight has seen us checking people's reasons for being on the streets. Between essential saunter in jeans as exercise, an essential trip to the shops for egg custards, and essential trip to the cash machine for £20 to use in the morning, we've offered a lot of advice. Unquote. Very droll, very droll, I'm sure. But it's just the usual pile driver fist in a wags glove. Sergeant Miles continues, anyone out who'd already received a warning will receive a fine on top of any action tonight. Stick to the restrictions. If you're out at the same time as us, we'll be checking. I sincerely hope that everyone stays safe and well in this tough time, and my lot are doing their best to keep you that way. My lot are doing their best to keep you that way. So no sauntering in jeans. Sergeant Miles and his South Yorkshire police colleagues are building a post-sauntering society. The Network for Police Monitoring, which is some sort of watchdog of copper excess in the UK, replied to Sergeant Miles, the wrong kind of jeans for exercise? Honestly, it's becoming embarrassing now. Well, yes, it would be if it were not for the fact that if you can't be embarrassed 
by going along with Muslim gang rape for two decades, it's unlikely anything else is going to embarrass you. So now Sergeant Miles's bosses have weighed in. Chief Superintendent Sean Morley said, quote, A message has been issued on SYP alerts which is not in keeping with our approach. We have been very clear in our expectations that officers should engage and encourage residents on the new restrictions. Further training will be provided to the officer to ensure they... Uh, I didn't realise he used non-binary pronouns, this sergeant, to ensure they are clear on our position. We apologise for any confusion caused by this alert. Yes, it's easy to get confused by what the South Yorkshire police find amusing, isn't it? As I wrote a couple of years back after meeting with some of the Rotherham girls abandoned and betrayed by Chief Superintendent Morley's officers, quote, Tamad Ash and his fellow... Asians, the likes of Jessica and Katie, are white slags. To the South Yorkshire police, they're mere packy shaggers, and thus unworthy of valuable police resources. The girls recall the night Mad Ash's brother Banaras was in his car having sex with a 12-year-old. A jam sandwich, a police cruiser, pulled up alongside, and the officer rolled down the window. She's just sucking my bleep, mate, said Banaras Hussain. The cops drove away. It must have been an abiding image for Jessica, for Katie, for Banaras Hussein's 12-year-old, for the girl who would later testify that all three brothers pissed on her like a pack of animals, for a thousand and more packy shaggers and white slags all over Rotherham, year in, year out, for decades. The police driving away and leaving them. Perhaps that was just a joke too. Maybe Banaras Hussein was wearing jeans, wasn't he? It's most likely. Were they the right kind of jeans? Or is it hard to see when your police cruiser, your jam sandwich, is parked alongside and the trousers around his ankles? So no, I don't want jokes from the enablers of Rotherham. You've got to earn the right to try comedy by first demonstrating you can take something seriously. Like the gang rape of children, you miserable excuse for a body of men. Your dirty, rotten constabulary is so dirty and rotten that my old friend Boris Johnson is sealing the records about what went on in your hell of a county. So it's not a time to try comedy. If I had an egg custard... And I don't usually go in for physical comedy, but if I had an ex-egg custard, a non-essential egg custard, I'd shove it in Sergeant Miles's face. But for now, the what-not-to-wear division of the South Yorkshire Police is out of business, and a Yorkshireman remains free for the moment to choose his own trousers. I thought I'd make a more general observation today. If you heard my recent serialization of Daniel Defoe's Journal of the Plague Year, and if you haven't, you should, because it's a cracker, you'll know that in the London of 1665, pedestrians sought to avoid crossing each other's paths. So if someone was approaching on the northern side of the street, you'd cross over to the southern side of the street. And if someone was already on the southern side of the street, you'd walk in the middle of the street because the carts and wagons were few and far between in a time of contagion. These measures were not ordered by the government, but adopted by prudent citizens in their own interest. 
Something of the same has been happening in London 355 years later. People are walking in the mostly empty roadway to avoid exposure to their fellow Londoners on the sidewalk. Now the Metropolitan Police has issued a plea for the citizenry to cease walking in the street. Quote, if you do go out, please don't walk in the road to avoid passing pedestrians on the pavement. Momentarily crossing paths with someone won't give you COVID-19, unquote. Really? Two observations. First, how do the Metropolitan Police know that? Because it isn't actually borne out by the science. Momentarily doing anything bears a risk because infection is a moment. The guy coming toward you is on his telephone speaking to a friend about his how his stimulus check still hasn't come and he's agitated about it and so he's speaking moistly as Justin Trudeau calls it and his agitated moistness happens to peak at the precise moment you cross paths. But second, never mind all that because for the past two months in this spot we've reported story after story after story where police have arrested members of the public in their own front gardens sitting on park benches, uh, strolling through parks, walking dogs in wilderness areas on the grounds that they're endangering their fellow citizens. Even though, if there even are any fellow citizens within view, uh, they're more like 20 metres away than 2 metres away. So if you're walking your dog in a park and there's someone 200 metres in the distance, the coppers take the position you're endangering the guy's life. But the same coppers reserve the right to herd you onto a narrow, crowded, medieval pavement because passing someone two inches away is no threat whatsoever to your life. As I've said for many years, all tyranny is capricious, whimsical, arbitrary. The rules are self-contradictory for a reason. So that whatever you do, it'll be the wrong thing if it suits the authorities to want it to be the wrong thing. The Londoners of 1665 were trusted to make their own judgments on these things. The Londoners of 2020 are mere wards of an inconsistent, randomly punitive state. Stay free, live free, and life is worth living. Join us next time for another edition of The Mark Stein Show. The Mark Stein Show is a production of Mark Stein Enterprises and Oak Hill Media. reserved.